We're committed to your pleasure here at the Porncast, and that means we won't promote anything that isn't Alice tested and Yvette approved. And this one is definitely tested. Several times over. Yeah, there was suction. And fluffing. And thermometers. And the tea bags. You mean teabagging? No, I got something in my eye and used teabags to get the swelling to go down. What did you get in your eye? My husband's balls. It, it took a fucking village. A literal fucking village. And well worth it, because thanks to Clone Willy, we've now cloned body parts on ourselves and willing volunteers. And we can even make them buzz. No pussies or cocks were harmed in the making of this partnership. We live in amazing times. Now, where can our listeners check this out, Alice? To clone it and bone it, go to clonawilly.com and type in promo code TGOM20 to get 20% off your first purchase. This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porn cast where we asked for a sex robot, and instead of the Terminator, we got an electric toothbrush. I'm your co-host, Yvette, and here is my lovely, beautiful, talented, and did I mention she's got a delightful partuka, Alice Vaughn. Alice, how are you doing today, and are you enjoying your electric toothbrush? <laughs> okay, so first off, I'm almost a little embarrassed to ask... What's a partuka? I think it's a booty. I grew up with Jewish uh, grandmother. I believe a partuka is a bum. I think I was saying you have a nice ass. Well, I, you're welcome, or I'm sorry. I don't. It, does this count as a will they, won't they, or a me too? I'm not sure. Well, uh, how about me always? I um, never mind. Wow. Anyways, <laughs> um, Ooh, but electric so. <laughs> toothbrush. Uh, so yeah, I remember when I was a kid. I ooh, all right, confession time. Hairbrush. How old were you? I was young. I was, okay, exploring myself around, what, 10, 11, 12? 12 was my age with the hairbrush, too. All right. So we're not the only ones. Shower time? Shower time. I had one of those uh, wands in the shower, so I lucked out there. Oh, uh, man. But never used an electric toothbrush. No, I didn't. I think uh, electric toothbrushes were like a little after my time because I'm, as we've mentioned, a little older than Alice. So, yeah. And those bristles are expensive. If y'all are horrified by this conversation or if you have stories about this and thought you were alone in the universe, email us, info at two girls one night time. Email us anonymously, though, because this is a weird subject. Is it? I feel like everybody's used an inanimate object because they just couldn't get access to a dildo at some point in time. Yeah, like, I think it's a thing where, like, when you're a kid, you start, like, those hormones start kicking in, and it's before you can afford a sex robot, so you use what you get resourceful when you're 12. Well, now at 29, I've definitely been on a sex robot, and the entire internet has seen it, so... I'm just saying, you gave Motor Bunny the best free advertisement uh, ever. It's what number does it go up to? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much. I think everyone thought you stopped at nine because it was just like inaudible. I think my dog started like the ears started twitching when it got up that high. It was like the dog's like, are you telling me to roll over? What's happening? <laughs> you know, it's a noise that you can only hear when you're young, actually. Oh, my God. It's the squeak of somebody who who is desperately crying out for a real dildo instead of an electric toothbrush. So and now this has come full circle. So I think this is a great segue to introducing our guest today. We have a wonderful guest today. We have somebody who wrote, who's written some porn and has been in 
one of our favorite porns that we reviewed. And he's been a production manager on a number of porns, too. We have Dan O'Reilly on the show. So, Mr. O'Reilly, thank you for joining us. Hi. How are you? It's delightful to be here. We are so happy to have you on here. You were in The Big Lebowski Triple X, which, as our listeners know, is one of our favorite porns. And we still tell people, watch it for the cinematography values, and we are not even fucking kidding. Yeah, that's one of my favorites, too. I think everybody was really firing on all cylinders on that production. Directed by Leroy Myers, of course. Oh, yeah. Leroy, we always love you. But the cinematographer on that was Eddie Powell. Calls himself Eddie Powell. I don't know if you've come across him in credits, but he's really like an unsung an unsung hero of, I think he directed the Scooby-Doo movie. <gasps> I have not watched Scooby-Doo porn have yet. Have you seen that oh, one? No. Now we're going to have to watch the Scooby-Doo one. I want some Scooby snacks. Yeah, he directs a lot of Gonzo. And I think he, like a lot of the um, New Sensations romance movies, hmm. those kinds of things. But he was the one that was really driving a lot of the, anything that you see with special effects or any kind of like cool camera work, that was pretty much all him. Was it Eddie Powell, you said? or Eddie Powell, yeah. Well, what's amazing is, so first off, we've met Leroy, who directed it. We've met you, and, uh, who's, who played Donnie on the set. But not only that, we were once actually, uh, so Yvette and I were invited onto an interview. Mid-interview, the guy drops the bombshell on us that he played Walter in the Big Lebowski Triple X. Okay. And that's why we were invited yeah. onto his radio show. <laughs> it's a radio show, him and another woman. Co-host what does that guy uh, do? Is it like a political thing? I think it focused on sex for the most part. Really? I, no, they, it's a behind the scenes with Summer. I'm forgetting her oh, last yeah. name. But no, they were so sweet when they brought us on and then they just like dumped it on us. By the way, we loved your review of the movie that I was in. And we were like, what? Ah. You, you <laughs> have shaken us by springing this on us last minute. So we yeah, keep... no, that guy was good. And he took that role really seriously. And he it kind of started so a thing. He did a few other non-sex roles in other movies. I think he was um, Ralph Cramden in the Honeymooners parody, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. We have to watch it. <laughs> we have to. Yeah, he's done a few. Like, I love that we're finding all these actors that are doing non-sex roles in, in porn movies that we're just like, we have to watch it. There's going to be a, an award-winning performance <laughs> from this. I think the worst part for me is that I live in New York and Yvette lives in L.A. where all the porn is being shot. And for me, I'm the type of person where I'm like, okay, how do I get onto the porn scenes and become an extra? Because I'll totally do it for We were always looking for extras. That was seriously the hardest thing to do as a production manager was find extras. I'll be in all of them. God damn it. I have a theater degree and I want a speaking part, okay? There are a few people that would always show up and there were even some agents who had like a roster of non-sex extras who would always just like show up for 80 bucks or whatever and sit there for four hours My God. but it's hard to find extras ask anybody who makes movies it's like the hardest thing leroy call me well we have to get to the nevada area oh yeah yeah they shoot all the porn in vegas now huh Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wood rockets out there now for the porn. Yeah. I think it was the condom laws that pushed them out there initially. That would do it. What are yeah. the condom laws in LA now? You know, I haven't been keeping up, but as far as I know, I think there were like a lot of battles lost because there was like a huge, powerful lobbying group that took a position against pornographers under the guise of trying to protect them. Huh. It was just like a money-making thing. I thought that eventually they managed to push back on the condom laws, and it's. But I haven't heard. Um, it's like always been on the ballot. I re- like because I was still registered to vote in California during the last. 
presidential election cycle, and there were like porn condom things on the ballot as recently as 2016. But if they were still on the ballot in 2016, it means that they haven't passed. I think it went the bad way. You know, we have the Googles in front of us. We can check <laughs> this just, just because I am a, a nutty fact checker. But yeah, back then it was like, it was a legit thing. You would actually go to the same place that like every TV and film producer goes to. There's like a centralized office and you would go there and drop off your paperwork and they would give you a permit. You are indeed right. It was uh, Measure B, mm-hmm. uh, and L.A. County, it passed, I believe. L.A. County saw a 95% drop in porn film permits. Right. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. And, I mean, the permit system is, I was always of the mind that, like, we're doing, we're outlaws, and we should just fucking, oh, wait. it doesn't matter if you have a permit or whatever. But Oh, oh, oh. Uh, here's the thing. The condom law was defeated. I I needed to not base my opinion on this from the headline. What the condom law defeated, the industry looks to make a return to the uh, to the valley. Okay, because when I was working, it was very very easy to get permits for porn. Like we all had standing yeah. permits. Every big production company had standing permits. And once in a while, I think there were firefighters actually who were in charge of like doing random set visits. Oh, oh that's my favorite type of firefighter. <laughs> Yeah, this is not a setup for a movie. <laughs> hey, Mr. Fireman, could you hose me off? I'm feeling hot. Yeah, there were like a couple of guys that they were the ones who would show up and they were just like, hey, what's going on? They knew everybody and they would just be like, you got your permit, right? It's in L.A. So you know that everyone's ripped just because it's L.A. and nobody is allowed to have like I like to say I'm New Hampshire skinny. I am L.A. absurdly <laughs> obese. And it's like a firefighter in L.A. is just they have to be a calendar model. So like they show up and it's like, are, are you sure you're not here for the shoot? I think I remember it just being like an old man who like they don't need around if there's a real fire. Yeah. You know, it's alternatively, <laughs> excuse going to be the guy with the beer gut. Wait, <laughs> hey, we pray to the church of Danny DeVito here. Okay. There I'm are very it. specific older men I am into. And apparently Danny DeVito is one of them. And uh, whatever firefighter they're throwing into a porn set. We take Danny DeVito love very seriously here. Speaking of Danny DeVito, why is there not an Always Sunny in Philadelphia porn parody? Has anyone done that? There is. <gasps> there is. There is. Yeah. Oh. Wow. I've been out of the game too long. I didn't know. Who did it? Do you know who did it? I think Leroy might have done it, actually. Really? So you contacted us because you wrote, uh, well, you heard that we reviewed Friends porn. But I'm curious, what else have you been involved in? For the record, I enjoyed Friends porn more than I enjoyed Friends. So good job. (laughs) Thank you. That was actually the first one I ever wrote. That was my very first script that I wrote. And I was working at New Sensations as a PA at the time. Leroy had just joined New Sensations. And I was working at that time... Just doing like shooting by the scene, doing like Gonzo stuff. It was all schoolgirl stuff back then. Oh, that's what we were working on. It was all like Catholic schoolgirl uniforms. Also, Shane Diesel was on his crew a lot. Is it creepier that things are all step sibling now, or that it was all like schoolgirl then? I'm not sure which is weirder. That fucked me up when that that started happening right as I was exiting the business, like around 2012. And it really tapped into something. I think it's creepier that Belle Delphine is selling her bathwater. Is that real, though? Or is that like, that's like that's kind of a joke, real. right? Or is it real? Is it real? <laughs> yes. 
Someone tweeted that they were somebody was going to DNA test the water, and I'm like, Ooh. I can't tell. We're so into, you know. I'm like hashtag late stage capitalism. I'm like, I don't know if anyone would actually like DNA test the water or not. But someone can, vaped her water. I, 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 I don't fucking shit. I hate that. I hate everyone. May I, may the odds. May we have the purge. I love capitalism. May it all go away. Look, everybody can do what they want. I don't like capitalism. I don't like what capitalism did to porn. Capitalism ruined porn. I agree. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the industry, absolutely. Well, it's like, it's now at the point where, well, it in 2012 is when, that's when I exited. And that was when the tube sites really took hold. And I was looking at the future of it. And the thing that I was always doing was doing like the the big budget, complicated DVD releases, the stuff that like depended heavily on people paying for porn. And like the sales just started to go down, 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 down. And it was all because the tube sites devalued our product to the point of non-existence. Nobody, nobody has to pay for porn anymore. So here's my question, actually. So the tube sites are, you know, they're clearly stealing content. Now, I know that for example, it's a tube site like YouTube, you could file a DMCA complaint from what I'm aware of. If, say, I don't know, you're Sony or you're a content creator, is there anything in existence like that for, hey, I shot a porn, someone recorded it, and they threw it up on Pornhub, can I get this taken down? And I feel like the process is shitty to non-existent or just runs so poorly because there's content f- constantly flooding. Yeah, no, there's a system in place, but the problem is that if somebody says, that's my content, take it down, they take it down, but then somebody puts it right back up. So you have to constantly be, it's like an everyday thing. You have to have an employee whose only job is telling Pornhub to take your content down. Wow. And it's like, at a certain point, they just, they know that they're going to exhaust you. It's the same as like exhausting somebody with legal stuff or something, like, they just know that you can't afford to keep fighting them to take it down. But also, though, there was a time in the mid-2000s when porn producers and people that owned large libraries of content were taking meetings with mysterious Europeans who turned out to be the Manwin executives. Are you guys aware of Manwin? No. It's like the, the parent company. They bought Brazzers in like 2010. Oh. They own a lot of the tube sites. Oh, MindGeek. Are they the same thing now? Manwin, MindGeek, MindGeek might be the same thing. I'm not sure. It's like really complicated. It sounds like it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, if it's not, then it might be the parent company of MindGeek if that's a thing. But like we knew that there was one site that owned like all of them. Yeah, I think it's the same. Yeah, Google Manwin. You'll go down a real M-A-N-W-I-N. You'll go down a real rabbit hole. Oh, dear. Yeah, so they were going around offering people with large amounts of porn libraries, huge sums of money for basically nothing, just for the rights to hypothetically put their content on future media. And so, of course, people were signing contracts left and right. Like, you're going to take my worthless porn and give me $200,000 for the rights to my back catalog? Like, that's a no-brainer. Oh, shit. But that was the birth of the tube sites. People who are looking for free porn don't care if it was shot last week or eight years ago. You can get off to a lot of content. There's a lot out there. (laughs) As we have found, we have seen some shit. It ranges for decades. Yeah. So little did they know, those people had plans, and their plans were to make the production of porn irrelevant. 
basically. Mm. Jesus. Yeah, and that's a problem. It's birthed an entire generation where they anticipate just getting free content and free porn. So the problem with that is it completely devalues the industry and the performer's work because people will say, well, why should I pay for that if I could just get porn for free? Well, you shouldn't be able to get porn for free. I mean, just like any other creative content, such as music and art or photography, you should be able to pay the artist. Yeah. Pandora's box is open. Yeah. The average person who doesn't have a high engagement with porn is always just going to be able to find free porn in a matter of seconds and get off in a matter of seconds and be done with it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, when I look at it, I think that the future of making money in porn is individual performers, sex workers, cutting out middlemen and connecting directly with their consumers. That's a great way to make money. And they'll always be able to make money doing that. That's how a lot of people are doing it now. You know, but I mean, that means no more parody porn. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, but there's just no fucking way. Like you see, most of the people that are actually still spending money on producing porn, they have to do it in partnership with Pornhub or some kind of larger machine. And it's like, these are the people that have their boot on your neck. Yikes. It's beyond licking the boot. They're like deep throating the boot that is on their neck. It's fucked up. If you are a large corporation who's horrified and mad at us for airing all of this, email us, info at twogirlsonemike.com to tell us your plans to destroy us. Just email the Democratic Socialists of LA. Oh my. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it really is fucked up. And I have friends that, you know, you see people posting Pornhub-related stuff, and it's like, for the individual performers, I think that's something that they have to do. But if you have a large production company... And you're playing ball in that way. I guess, I mean, I guess it's a foregone conclusion. You can't get in a time machine and say that you shouldn't have done that, you know, seven, eight years ago. But it's really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucked up. It is. They killed Porn Valley. It was really fun. It was a fun place to be. Before we start discussing the porn, let's talk about some lighter times. Yeah, there were good times too. Yeah. Let's hear some stories. That's kind of what I want to know. <laughs> I mean, you were in, uh, one of our favorites that we've that we reviewed. Let's hear some on set stories. Big Lebowski was great. And that that particular night we were shooting at I forget which bowling alley it was. Maybe Mission Hills. I think it was Mission Hills Bowl. Alice, we have to make a pilgrimage. But when they closed, they closed at like 9 p.m. or something. We came in oh. and we get we had all night to shoot the bowling alley scenes and to fuck around. And like it was <laughs> it was really, really fun. That was a great night. So other than Big Lebowski, what are some interesting moments or favorite moments from behind the scenes that we'll never probably hear otherwise? Oh, geez. Um, Okay, weirdest thing you've seen a dick stuck in. (laughs) Like, that's something I always want to know. I mean, I was mostly on pretty conventional porn sets. Like, it was always stuff that was like the glossy new sensations movies or like the big budget parody movies. Oh, the Simpsons movie was the most bizarre day on set. We watched that one with the Simpsons animator. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, we we reviewed it. We loved the body paint. Holy shit, how did it stay on? Okay, so I was Flanders in that movie. You know that, (gasps) right? (laughs) Yeah, but... <laughs> you didn't know. You, we had, I thought we you knew that. This. No, we're we're Whoa. fangirling right now. We're oh my god. Okay, so I was Flanders. 
But I was also Mendoza in the the scene with McBain. I remember when Mendoza was shot and killed. <laughs> yeah. Oh my I god. Yeah. We enjoyed the McBain scene so much. <laughs> Mendoza. Anyways, it was such a good porn. It's still one of our favorites. And it was all shot in one day. Okay, we need to know your entire filmography because apparently, like, we like everything you're in. So just send us a list. I was anticipating this, and I I was thinking about it, <laughs> and I. <laughs> okay, so the, the list of movies that I worked on total is so, so many, but I'm looking at a list right now. I think this is the, the comprehensive list of the movies that I've written or contributed to as a writer. Sometimes it would be like partially written by Leroy, and I would do like a pass or like write part of it. I'm making jazz hands right now for the audience so, at okay. home. <laughs> We're looking at Friends, Seinfeld, 70s Show, Human Sexapede, 30 Rock, Entourage, Reno 911. Just at 30 Rock. Katie Purvey, Simpsons, Mork and Mindy, an Adam and Eve movie called Killer Bodies, an Alice in Wonderland animated movie, The L Word, Thor, Birds of Prey, Batgirl, Batgirl versus Supergirl, Supergirl, Iron Man, Captain America, Milfbusters, Insomniac, a newish release from Burning Angel. Xena, Horrier Princess. <laughs> Holy shit, we have to do that Hawkman one. Hawkman and Hawkgirl, The Black Pack, Pornocchio, Sex Toy Story, Taxi Driver, Training Day. Please tell me in Pornocchio, there's a thing with his nose going up and down. I mean, there has to Please. be, right? I forget. It was so long ago, I actually forget the details. Or even if it got made, but that was like I just my... want to know if like he's lying and then telling the truth to like get her off. There like, was definitely just... a scene like that in there, yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. It's Alice, can... we have to do that next. Like... We have so many to do next. We have an Excel oh spreadsheet. Oh, yeah. There are binders. Oh, man. <laughs> Binder is the word we use to get Alice off. Binders? It's not my safe word. It's apparently my go word. <laughs> Look, we know what works here. Look, all I'm saying is I might be, yes, it's exactly, yeah, the binders with the three-hole punch. Three-hole punch. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's actually very as accurate as my sex life is. Um, so. This blind paper. Waiting for newly organized spreadsheets. Uh, it's ASMR for organized people. Anyways. All right, you lost me there. Um. <laughs> or the sound that they make when they click together. That's got to be an ASMR thing, right? Oh, yeah. I hadn't even considered that. The sound of the three rings going, Ka-chunk. Maybe. I haven't listened to a lot of ASMR porn, but I should one day just to see what it, it's like. It's like taking hairbrushes and just clicking things. Okay. I was going to comment on this right after the intro, but replacing the bristles? Realize, <laughs> maybe realize that, wait, when you're masturbating with an electric toothbrush, are you using the <laughs> bristles? <laughs> No. Oh, I no. thought you would. That seems like it would hurt. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Actually, I've never masturbated with an electric toothbrush, but I was just... Oh, shit. I feel so lied to right now. I can't consider using the bristles on that. If you've masturbated with an electric toothbrush and used the bristles, email us info to girls1mic.com because I have questions. No, shouldn't you use the bristles on your clitoris? Like, I just feel like that would leave like rug burns. Oh, so speaking of burns. It would definitely hurt, right? Yeah, like I would have thought like, you know, and here's the thing. I've never used one. I don't know if the plastic is like, I would think the plastic would be too hard and that would be like a last resort or one would use it as an internal one. Uh, But like- You would turn it around, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, use the handle. You'd use the base of it. Like, I, I just... You know what? If you've been in a situation and you want to send us an, an email from an anonymous address, email at info two girls one mic. I want to know. So speaking of um, household mishaps, I should just mention what I did yesterday. And Yvette, I did kind of mention it to you before. Uh, so I tried waxing <laughs> my bikini line. Oh, dear. Oh. So I bought some patch strips from Amazon. This is not a DIY thing. Yourself? I have a wife. I know how these things work a little bit. But doing it yourself seems like... It's like pulling your own tooth, right? It's not a DIY. Well, I mean, I've done that before too. But yeah, but like when you're seven, you know, <laughs> or twenty-seven. But <laughs> I do have two baby teeth still. But the point is, I had the patches on me. I ripped them off, and I don't know what I did wrong because I was covered. And when I say covered, I mean my entire lady region was covered in wax. So after about half an hour of trying to use dish soap and water, which did not work. I Googled online and it said, use olive oil. So I have a massive jug of olive oil in the kitchen I went and got. And I have to say, though, I now appreciate what a chicken breast feels like when you rub it in olive oil before you bake it. <laughs> I picture you. As All I needed to do was just spread some thyme and rosemary and MSG and I would have been fine. You always need the MSG. Otherwise, it's you're missing the umami. Now I'm picturing your your parts as having sufficient umami. You are welcome, or I am sorry. Did you salt them too, or no? I should have. I really you should always season your parts. A little bit of pepper, <laughs> just a little. White people, we need seasoning, even on our junk. Don't put raisins in it. No one wants raisins there. No, no. It was similar getting the yellow paint off after the Simpsons movie. That was hard. Oh my god, that was something we noticed. We were like, how? How is it staying on? Like, and I've heard that it takes hours in the shower to get it off afterwards. Yeah, because you get completely airbrushed. Oh, my God. I think if you can get your hands on one of the DVDs, I think those are behind the scenes where it's like, I might have even shot it, but it's like behind the scenes showing how we sprayed everybody down. And there's definitely a scene where we are outside at Van Nuys Studios and Evan Stone is like, on his knees, just like spreading his butt, and they're like airbrushing Evan Stone's butt and balls. A true thespian. <laughs> that is dedication to your craft. <laughs> like, I, there are things I love in my life, but I have never spread my cheeks to take spray paint that I will have to scrub for hours to remove. That guy will do anything. He is so game. Watching him in the behind the scenes for Ghostbusters made me g give a, an extra level of respect for him. He's he's incredible. I think I was on set for Ghostbusters, but not, I wasn't working. I think I was just there like hanging out one day or something. It's the one with like James Dean is in it and like some other people yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. It was a good one. Yeah. That was back when, when Axel Braun was like putting effort into movies. So speaking of <laughs> Axel Braun putting effort into movies, we have a porn to review today. That's oh how we God. do segues. And this porn was bad. Wow, that was, I mean, extraordinarily low effort, even. Oh, my God. Like, for a while, our low bar for bad porn has been Full Holes, the Full House parody. And then mm. it was matched by Avengers, another Axel Braun porn production. And this oh. one is just, whew. Uh, you know, speaking of Avengers, we did a whole series of Avengers movies, me and um, Rob Black, yeah. That actually preceded 
the like Marvel Universe movies. We made it like after the Captain America movie came out, but that was the only one that had come out, and we just went crazy with it. We like made our own Iron Man movie. Nice. There were a few that were like MCU related before they made the MCU movies, just kind of like guessing where they would go. We never did an Avengers one, but I'm surprised that like you would think if you're going to put effort into anything, you would put it into Avengers, right? That's like the big one. You have to get like the essence of the characters for these. And like Thor was just saying loud and prophetic speeches. Like they didn't get that he was funny, you know, like the things that make some of these good are when the characters kind of stay in character during sex scenes. And that's something we love Tommy Pistol for. Like he's the best. He really fucking, is. Okay, wait. Write this down. Watch the Taxi Driver movie that we made. Me and Rob Black made this Taxi Driver movie and Tom Byron with Tommy Pistol playing Travis Bickle. And it's like, it was actually, he hadn't been in porn in a long time. And I was like, we got to have Tommy play Travis Bickle. And that oh was like God. like a year later, he hosted the AVNs or something. Like it was his Jesus. re-entering the industry. I know I go back to this too often. Our listeners have heard it too much. But we have Tommy birthed the Horat challenge, the uh, the parody of Borat, where you know he's saying Borat-type things while banging. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, how can you say that and keep an erection and keep the person, your partner, you know, still lathered up? Well, Viagra. So I ch- oh, yeah. But I, I challenge people at home whilst they're in that moment to go very nice and still you know keep the mood going i'm gonna like try that nobody has reported back to us yet i want to do it like as an instagram story oh my god do it i'm not gonna do that <laughs> i'll actually start using instagram we need to hear the results we need to know this is this is science okay so this week, more importantly, we reviewed This Ain't Terminator Triple X. So for audience oh. listening at home, there are multiple Terminator porn parodies, uh, not to be confused with The Penetrator, uh, which was apparently a 1991 porn parody of The Terminator with, okay, it had Ron Jeremy as the title character as playing Reese to go back in time and save the world. And I want you to think about that very clearly. Ron Jeremy is the best we can do to send back mm. in time. Side note, I have Ron Jeremy stories. The future is not sending their best. They're sending... <laughs> they're sending they're send- the hedgehog. Oh. Be best. Oh. Okay, you said you have Ron Jeremy stories. We gotta hear at least one. Well, I thought we were talking about the movie, though. Oh, we will talk about the movie, <laughs> but you just mentioned you had a story. Let's hear a Ron Jeremy story. Just being around Ron Jeremy is always a story. Like he's, <laughs> he is a walking story. There's all the things about Ron Jeremy, and like he's a creep. Everybody knows he's a creep. Yep. He sucked my neck. I didn't even know him. <sighs> See, he just... And I'm not going to say, like, he came from a time and a place where he didn't know that that was not right or, like, it was okay for him back then because he was, like, the biggest porn star in the world and he could just, like, flop his dick out or whatever. But also, like, it's assault. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. We would hire him a lot just, like, to do non-sex roles because nobody could really be around him when he was having sex anymore. Oh, my God. Because it's just – it gets too fucking weird. Okay. So he's a a very generous performer – I mean, performer, just like as an actor. Understood. You know, he's like, he's got this larger than life personality. He's fucking Ron Jeremy, you know? Yeah. Well, I learned how to drive a city bus with Ron Jeremy. What? Oh, okay. Let's, <laughs> this let's a, hear. This is a story. Yeah. 
This you was... finally, you stumbled across a story. Let's hear this. Unpack. Okay. So this was, I think this all happened in one day, actually. So I have to back it up first to when we were shooting in a church earlier in the day. Okay. So this is for the- Wait, was Rob and Jeremy banging in a church? No. <laughs> Damn it. Not this See, time. That's a story. So we were shooting The Graduate. I was working with Paul Thomas. Do you know who he is? No. Okay. So Paul Thomas is a guy who, he was the biggest director in porn probably ever. And he worked at Vivid for like 20 years. He had like a million dollar a year contract with them. He was rich from doing other stuff, but also he was like, he was a mainstream theater actor. He's in the the movie Jesus Christ Superstar. He plays okay. the Apostle Paul, I think. But he had this enormous porn career, and he's like, like really one of the considered to be one of the legends. And one of the last movies that he did, I worked as his production manager, and it was a parody of The Graduate, which is you know rife for parodying. Yeah. And he was like, he hadn't worked in a few years because he was kind of disgraced and fired from Vivid for like some fucked up shit that he did there. So he just wanted to like finance a movie himself, see if he still had the juice and he needed somebody to help him. So he called me up. It was like a week long shoot. It was a very, very serious, intense shoot. And I managed to get us into this church in Burbank where I told them, I did not tell them we were shooting porn, obviously. So we were there. It was like, it was me, Dale DeBone, Ron, PT, and whoever else was on the crew. I didn't tell them we were shooting a porn, but the guy who, it was like a Tuesday or something. And so the priest is there. I guess he lives on the premises or something. And he's the one who's there to let us in. We weren't shooting any sex or anything risque. It was like, you know, the end of the graduate, like the wedding scene. We were just doing that basically. But I hadn't thought of this ahead of time. When you walk in, Anywhere with Ron Jeremy, everybody knows who Ron Jeremy is. Yeah, that I've heard that before. Pendulette once said that Ron Jeremy was the most famous person in the world because no matter who else you were with, people went straight to Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So we walk into the church. The, the priest lets us in, and I see him see Ron Jeremy and react but he's a priest, so he can't <laughs> let on that he knows who Ron Jeremy is. Positively or negatively. But I saw the fucking reaction. I saw the, oh my God, that's Ron Jeremy, and he didn't oh say God. shit. That is a perfect moment. I love everything about that. There are 16 things to extrapolate out of that, and I love every one of them. Yeah, so, and then- Because you know- that man has jerked off to something that Ron Jeremy has done. For sure. You know it. Everybody. I mean, I don't know. Have I ever jerked off to something Ron Jeremy's in? It's like them looking back and forth going, I know that you know that he knows that you know that you know that he, I know. I and know. it's just like. So it's just like this standoff. <laughs> and so then we're in there. We were shooting the thing. He had to pretend that he didn't know that we're. Well, I mean, Ron Jeremy's in mainstream things too, right? You know? Yeah, some but stuff. But I saw him recognize him. But he's in mainstream things because of his other job. Yeah. One time I was with him at, uh, you know, the, the restaurant on the Sunset Strip, the Rainbow. I'm going to pretend to know. Yeah. It's like right next to the Roxy. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this place where, I don't know, everybody hangs out there. But Ron would be there all the time. And I went there with him one time and he goes from table to table eating food off of people's <laughs> tables and nobody cares because they want to talk to Ron Jeremy. He's also notoriously tight with money. He will never, ever pay for anything in public fucking ever. 
And he would go from wow. table to table. Stop. And people would be like, oh, I fucking got Ron Jeremy. And he'd be like, yeah. And he'd be like, nom, 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 eating pizza off their table and shit. Wow. <laughs> Things to know about Ron Jeremy. Guard your last mozzarella stick, kids. Yeah. Ron Jeremy, don't give no fucks. Hide your kids, hide your pizza, hide your wife. Ron he Jeremy's wants your coming. carbs. Hide your pizza, hide your wife. <laughs> he wants your neck and your carbs. <laughs> So going back to this porn, because we really should review it. We should, right? Yeah, Terminator was fucking terrible, okay? Dude. Like, I have... That was rough. I have few good words for it. Before we start talking about the actual, what we saw, let's get our listeners up to speed on what the plot of the real Terminator is. I've never seen the real Terminator. It's even, it's relevant right now. It was referenced heavily in the new season of Stranger Things. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, you haven't watched it yet? Okay, there's definitely some Terminator references in there. Well, we're excited because we accidentally also once had Arnold Schwarzenegger on the show. Um, Wait, what? Did you really? So Tom Arnold and Arnold Schwarzenegger are friends, apparently. And when we had Tom Arnold on, all of a sudden, Arnold Schwarzenegger calls them and they're FaceTiming and there is the governator on our show. Okay, I am going to listen to every episode of your show. (laughs) If it were socially acceptable, we probably would have shat ourselves because it was kind of horrifying. We were like, what just happened? That's pretty amazing. Why am I on this episode? You should have had Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) review the Terminator porn. He won't return my calls again. (laughs) Damn it, Arnold. Here at Two Girls, One Mike, we think it's important to support you in your masturbatory habits. It's sex with someone you love. And we love them too. Love's a really strong word. According to my therapist, we care about getting each and every one of them a better orgasm, and that is close enough. And we would never recommend anything we haven't personally tested. Which is why you can trust us when we say we highly recommend Clona Willy. Because with Clona Willy, you can masturbate and have sex with someone you love while at home and shame eating Uber Eats. I told you to take the camera out of my home. Oops. So with Clona Willy, you can make a dildo and now a fleshlight out of your own anatomy. As we found, it's a fun and messy process. And if you're doing this on your partner, they're strategizing and evasive maneuvering. It's kind of like adult risk, but instead of winning a fake country, you get a real vibrator. And do what you want with it. Hang it on a wall. Hide it in your goodie drawer for when you're home alone. Send it to your significant other as the only version of you that's willing to fly United. Use it to fix a broken leak. Or to cause one personal experience. Use it as a beer cozy. Smash the patriarchy with the cold one, ladies. So crack a cold one with the boys. Stick it in the girls. Where can our listeners find out more about this madness? <laughs> to clone it and bone it, go to clonawilly.com to check it out and type in the promo code TGOM20 to get 20% off your first purchase. So for the American classic, if you've never seen it. And I've never seen it. It's an American science fiction horror film directed by James Cameron. It starts Schwarzenegger as a Terminator, as a cyborg assassin sent back in time from 1929 to 1984 to kill Sarah Connor, whose son will one day become savior against machines in a post-apocalyptic future. And Kyle Reese, a soldier from the future, is sent back in time to protect uh, Sarah Connor. And by the way, 
this film is so good and so relevant that in 2008, The Terminator was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry as culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. So I guess I should probably, like, watch it. Probably. It's a good movie. (laughs) It's a great movie. We've heard. And the, the sequel is great, too. Terminator 2 is... Insanely great. So good. When did it come out? Like early 90s? 1984. The first one was 84. Yeah. The second one was like, I don't know, 92 or something. First one, I was one and my parents were like not action movie types, but like they came out later, like when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12 and like parents weren't the action movie. Like action movies are for boys. So like I should go back and watch them now. Yeah. Where do we start? Oh, first of all, so I think there's an intro that was not in the rental version that I saw. Yeah. The intro kind of started with. uh, It started in the future, right? Okay. Wait, did you watch the same video that we rented? I watched that, but I also did a little Googling on my own. And there's a scene that comes before the scene with like Jules Ventura when they're like banging her in the on top of the car. How dare they? There's a scene before that that takes place in the post-apocalyptic future where he gets like thrown into the time warp and Shylar, the production manager, is like a guy who's like dying and he refuses to save him and he jumps into the future to save himself as a joke. What? Yeah. I am so confused now. So Kyle Reese is our hero. <laughs> okay. In this film. Gotcha. So in the 1984 Terminator directed by James Cameron, Kyle Reese is sent back in time to protect Sarah Connor and also impregnate her, but he's sent back by the son that he impregnates her with. Now, here's my question. Does John Connor ever realize he's sending back his best friend to impregnate his mom? I forget the details of the sequels, and they've done like four sequels now. I think he does know. How could he not? It's kind of weird knowing your dad. I mean, yeah. Right? I don't know. Some Terminator super fan will have to weigh in on this. So in this film, who we have playing some of the title characters. So we have Brendan Miller as Reese. We have Dick Delaware as a Terminator, which we'll talk about his acting in a hot second. But what was also interesting is I decide to sometimes go through an actor's list of other films they've done. And I have to say, I I haven't seen Boobzilla, The Dark Side of Anal, Destination Tonsils, Um, for me, though, the next two titles, uh, Service Animals 14... I am horrified and I don't- Service animals? Service animals 14. Don't tell me. If you want to find out, you go on that journey a lot. You're going where I can't follow, (laughs) Mr. Frodo. Oh, and one that I- I don't know. Service animals 14. What? What? Why? I I have one more question. Why in his credits is he listed as participating in Geely? Like the movie Geely. I think so, yeah. Maybe he's in it. Said Sheely. Maybe he's. I believe that movie. Hold on a second. I never watched it. I believe that movie involved a large-ish bodyguard-type human, and he is a large-ish human. I think if somebody has an IMDb page, if they were an extra or they had like one line or something, yeah. sometimes they end up being listed in the credits. I'm on there for my appearance on Joe Rogan's show. Wow. You get an IMDb listing for being on Joe Rogan's show. Yeah. I'm like, I've been on a handful of other TV shows, like, but the only one that like someone made an IMDb for me for that. I'm like, can I go in and alter it for the rest of my things? The Joe Rogan podcast is not a movie. Yeah, right? It's the internet movie database. <laughs> yeah, but somehow like people think it's that important. <laughs> 
I'm against that, for the record. So going back to the movie. So we should actually start this review. Um, yes. Yeah, it starts off with a couple guys banging a woman on a car. So my issue is that they see the Terminator appearing out of thin air and they decide, oh, well, he's going to get a show. And then proceed to plow the woman on the car. Jules Ventura. Yeah, that's basically all they right. said. Like the they say something like, "Looks like I got some company." <laughs> yeah, like, like we're used to getting like you know at least three minutes of dialogue. Like sometimes a, a two-hour movie will only take us twenty minutes to watch if it's just Gonzo porn and we're just kind of skipping the banging. But this was like one sentence, and then on with the Eiffel Tower. You yeah, know, I like, expect more. In this kind of like parody porn, I want, I need more than a yeah. sentence. I was offended, actually. This entire thing was like this. Like until the very last section, every single scene was like one line. Where is Sarah Connor? I'm not, <laughs> I'll get Sarah Connor. I'll suck your dick. Like that was, what? So this what? is, okay. So in that first scene, I took notes while I was watching the movie. We're proud of you. Did you watch all the porn? No. Jesus, okay, God, I was no. Just and the sex is horrible not. and shot. Uh, it's all <laughs> shot like from 20 feet away. Why did they do that? Because it was so bad they didn't want to get close enough. <laughs> They're like, we got to get this over with. I demand under the testicle shots, okay? Get me that ball cam. It, I want I want that. Super low effort. But yeah, so he's standing there. <laughs> but also, they have him standing there the whole fucking time. They never go into a close-up when he can, like, walk away and eat a granola bar or something. Like, he's standing there, like, he's just, like, looking at his dick like he wants to touch it, but he never quite... He never quite does. Did you notice that? He's <laughs> yes, just like kind of standing the there with like a semi erection. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> While people are fucking in front of him, and then post cum shot scene, <laughs> immediately the guys post fucking yeah. say, "Hey, bro, you better get out of here if you know what's good for you and you don't want any trouble." Right. All of a sudden, they're not okay with it. What changed? Instead of like punching, they were like, we're going to show you how good we can punch with our dicks. Yeah. Post come clarity. And then they have a naked man brawl. Naked men brawling with each other. You know, I'm glad they're comfortable with their sexuality enough to like tackle some dicks. This is, you know, I consider this a move away from toxic masculinity. Yeah. I'm happy for that. Yeah, it's great. That's one good thing about it. Some real like locker room grab ass. Guys, I'm just saying, I want more naked men brawling. I want to see more of it. I think it's awesome. Ladies love it. Yeah, there's more soft penis in the first half hour of this movie than... Lots of other movies I've seen. This is true. But go ahead and wrestle naked guys. It's not gay at all. <laughs> and oh, so Alex Gons is one of the guys in the scene. He's one of the two dudes. Yeah. They call him Alex Gons because his penis, even when it's hard, is shaped like with a downward curve, like Gonzo the Muppet. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's how to earn a nickname. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here going, is it girl on top or reverse cowgirl that that's going to be a great G-spot simulator? Yeah, because you want it to hit like the front, like close to the navel, right? So then it would be re- reverse cowgirl. Yeah, reverse cowgirl. Yeah. Or doggy, I guess, right? That is making some woman very happy. Yeah. I got to see that. <laughs> I mean, I got to look, look closer, closer at that is what I'm saying. Well, we couldn't from 20 feet away. Shout out to Jules Ventura, who is really one of my favorites ever. She's she's just the greatest. She's a great actor. She's a great sex nice. performer. She's total package. 
awesome. Well, yeah. next scene we go right into. And I say next scene because that's all we can really say about the first scene. Yeah, like it was dialogue banging, guys being like, yeah, we fucked and you're not as good as us. Over. And then we go to what I presume is a cowboy themed strip bar. That's exactly what I, I have for notes. A bunch of people are dancing in a Western bar. Some of them have tits out. Yeah, all of a sudden we're in Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> it's And like, it's just, he's looking around and he has the Terminator eyes and it's like his objective finds Sarah Connor. Every woman he looks at, and I this is, I have an issue with this. Every woman he talks to, he says, are you Sarah Connor? And it's like, you know, he has those Terminator glasses. Why does he have to ask, are you Sarah Connor? Well, okay, so in the original movie, real quick, he knows that she lived in this time in the city. So he goes through a phone book and he's killing every Sarah Connor in the phone book until he gets to the right one. In this universe, he's fucking every Sarah Connor because apparently DNA testing, I guess, is more advanced. Is that what's, do they explain that at all? No, they don't. I'm giving them way more credit than they should deserve. (laughs) Maybe he thinks that if he impregnates her first, the baby will not become the savior of the world. Okay, well, you've just written a better movie than the one we watched. There's probably motor oil coming out of there. See, like if they, this is one of the things I wonder what was left on the cutting room floor. They had a continuity error. Somebody did not think when they were like, you know, we just need those three extra seconds of cum shot. We should cut this line. All they had to explain was we need to fuck away the savior of the earth. So many baffling things. Yeah. He goes into the strip club. The strip club's, okay, so it's like there's the strip club thing and there's a lesbian scene and then Sarah Connor blows him, but he never gives anybody any money. No, no, not at all. Yeah, Terminator is a bad tipper at a strip club. Yeah, that's not cool. Well, not only that, but the women never ask for payment. So they're just shitty business women. I noticed a line of dialogue where the two women, before they give him a, a lap dance and then eat each other's pussies, they say something like, looks like you just bought yourself a show. And it's like, no, he didn't. He has to do something before they say that. He did nothing. I'm just saying, I have been to a strip club or seven in my life. I'm just saying, you pay money for those. And those girls do their jobs. He just came from the future and stole a homeless person's clothes. He does not have any money. Stole a homeless person's clothes and got himself somehow a free lap dance through the power of Dick. And a free blowjob. And a free blowjob. So then- it cuts to back to where Gons and the other guy got beat up. And Jules is dead, I guess, right? Like, we're seeing her corpse on the car. Oh, yeah. Like, two out of three, we, we yeah. feel like, are definitely dead. He killed them. And they are <laughs> naked and dead. This is kind of dark for a porn. And we have Reese, the hero of the story, who comes out of a dumpster. Yeah. And they make it funny by making him, like, so hapless. It's all slapstick. He's just bumbling into all this pussy. Yeah. Okay, wait. Did you ever figure out why he was carrying that fucking bag? Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, so for our audience, he was carrying a massive bag equivalent to what you see like a comical Santa carrying. (laughs) Yeah, it was a comical Santa. It must have been something that was cut out and they forgot that it was cut out. And they had him carrying the bag in every scene and they were just like, well, he's carrying the bag. And they never explain. Because I never watched Terminator, I didn't know if this was a thing from the movie. So apparently this is just... Y'all who did this movie, you have some explaining to do. No, the whole thing is that when you come from the future, you can't bring anything with you. That's why he doesn't have any weapons. That's why they're oh. naked. But he has explosives in that bag. 
Right, he does. He has grenades, apparently, that just look like, it looks like he throws a pipe or something. Yeah. Maybe it's supposed to be a pipe bomb. But he throws a bomb twice and then is surprised that it explodes. <laughs> How dare it explode? I try to think about this. What could have made Terminator a good parody? Because like, you're supposed to take something from the original thing and like thread it through. His sperm could have given someone an orgasm so good that they died. Then the thing could have been to stop that from happening because they needed to impregnate a woman before his his sperm could have gotten in there. Yeah, so many missed opportunities. How about the sperminator? Are we like right? <sighs> and they could have called. Maybe that's the next uh, parody of it. Is the sperminator? This is all on Leroy to fix. I know Leroy. He needs to make the one that's canon. We love you. Do this. So the next Sarah Connor we encounter, she ordered a male prostitute because what are the chances? That was Julianne. She's oh, okay. An- I didn't realize another lovely that. person. Yeah. Well, nice. she was beautiful. But right. here's my contention: is that while she's having sex with the Terminator, he has duck face throughout the entire scene. Does he? <laughs> yes. Oh, he's like, yeah. Well, I think he's trying to be tough. I think that's his tough face. Maybe he's trying to be it. Maybe it helps him with the because, like, some people they'll try to adjust their jaw or how their face is being held to do an accent. Maybe holding it like this is helping with kind of the way that you talk a little bit more back with your throat for that accent. But he was not he even doing. Speaking. He wasn't even doing an Arnold voice, which is the easiest impression on the planet, and he wasn't even trying. <laughs> how about just give me a give me a close. Like nothing. You know, maybe he just makes funny faces while he's getting blown. Who the fuck knows? That was insane. And also, wait, wait a second. If she was expecting an escort, where is that escort? He never showed up. Man, what a shitty escort company. (laughs) And at the end of the scene, Kyle Reese bursts in. We don't know how he's following the Terminator, but he bursts in and kills them both. Kills them. Because, yeah, if he's supposed to impregnate her. Well, I mean, he's the Terminator, so he comes back to life. But also, that's not how killing a Terminator works. But, yeah, kills her. Kills this innocent woman who happens to be named Sarah Connor. So who's the bad guy here? Right? And I understand it's the Terminator, but I'm sitting here going, who's killing who? Or did we misinterpret that? And the Terminator was like, I'm going to get a blowjob. And then uh, when someone comes and try to kill me, I'm going to kill this broad. Because both of them walk away. I am confused about the relationship between murder and sex in this movie because it looks like Kyle Reese is going there to murder everybody and the Terminator, who is supposed to be going back there to murder everybody, unless they've told us otherwise, which they haven't, He's having sex with everybody. Exactly. Maybe he's trying to knock up every Sarah Connor so that the real savior of humanity uh, doesn't get through. If she's already pregnant, she can't get pregnant again. That would make sense if they had one line of dialogue that explained that. Even a a crawl on the screen, just text. You could have just- Star Wars it. Done it in editing. But we do end up meeting the real Sarah Connor in the next scene. Right. The real Sarah Connor. This is like one decently acted bit of written out thing that happens in here. But it's like, we have to get through all that other stuff. Well, I mean, they're both talking like William Shatner in that scene. Did you notice that? It's really weird. Oh, yeah. So Reese shows up at Sarah Connor's door and says, cable repair guy. And she says, I I don't need cable. Uh, Plumber, electrician, whatever you need fixed. Yeah, that's what I call the cops. (laughs) Right, yeah, that is a rapist trying to get into your apartment. Like, 
I'd more quickly bang the pizza guy if I don't have money for pizza than I would be like, oh, he can probably fix something that needs screwing. <sighs> but she, when she opens the door, she clearly wants sex. She could have just fucked the cable, like pretended that her cable was out, right? She's in a towel, and yet they don't have sex in that scene. Instead, he explains to her, you know, in a cut scene that (laughs) she's somehow the mother of the future. (laughs) Yeah, I was the cable slash electrician slash plumber guy. Oh, BT dubs, you're the queen of humanity. Come with me so I can knock you up and save you from a future robot. Cool. And then, yeah, she's immediately like down with it. And it's like, she says, you're my chauffeur now. She's like, because I'm the queen. You're my bitch. It's basically. I have to say, though, when you hear bad porn acting, I feel like that scene where he's literally shaking Sarah Connor. He has her by the sh- like arms and is shaking her and says that he's look, my only concern right now is to get you somewhere safe. And she says, oh, so your killer robot doesn't get me. What is he going to do? Squirt oil on me? Well, apparently uh, the 800 series can do that, but tastes a little bit more like diesel. diesel. So, so many questions. First off, uh, (laughs) he has, I guess, swallowed loads from like T-800 robots. He sucked their dicks. He has sucked their dicks. (laughs) He's admitted to it. I have no answer for this. Like they tried to like sneak in a good little like joke in there and it just, it didn't work. It was just acted so poorly that it fell flat. It was a little mumbly. The comic timing was almost there, but it's like, guys, the continuity. Let me tell you, though, as somebody who wrote jokes for porn actors, a lot of the time you'll write stuff that sounds real snappy in your head, and then it just really doesn't work when you're there. You're right. Oh, this is about a third of my life. (laughs) Like, there have been episodes where there's a lot of editing. We'll leave it there. (laughs) Audience, if you're listening to this, the groaners we keep in are not the worst. It's bad. It's really bad. Yeah, imagine what got cut out of this movie. Jesus. Oh, my. Ah. Ah. Like, because I want to know what got cut out that made it, like, bad because we miss content. But what got cut out because the acting was really bad? I don't think any. I I can't imagine anything got cut for performance because. That's a good point. I mean, who was it that played Sarah Connor? Do you have her, her name handy? Dahlia Sky. Okay. She did a fine job. So Reese takes Sarah Connor to a factory warehouse. And I'll give him props for the wardrobe because they definitely did the 80s style hair and garments. And I have to say, though, again, this is a part where you could clearly see whoever was writing the script tried. So Reese pushes a filing cabinet to block the door. And uh, he says, this should slow him down for six seconds or so. And Sarah points out. Maybe the only joke that works in the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, and she points out, well, the door opens from the other way, don't you realize? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and he goes, you want to hire a locksmith? Fine, but right now we have to get down to business. It's like, they could, he could get it, you son of a, you're useless. Yeah, that was maybe the only joke in the whole thing that works. I have to say, though, I personally did enjoy, so you want to be mother of the future of the world where you're going to have to spread them. And she immediately throws herself at him. Takes the clothes off and he's like, oh, wasn't expected it to be so. And they just backed right up to banging. No, here is here is my one favorite moment of the entire 
thing. When he comes, he comes on her stomach and she like scoops it in and puts it back into her. Why did they do that? No, not like that. Put it in there. That's not how you make a baby. You were supposed to make me a queen. Holy shit. Well, we know why. That was amazing. Okay, so for oh, listeners of so our E.T. Good. porn parody, they already know the story. Yep, I thought of Allison when I heard that. So Allison, past guest of the show, explained to us that the guy who was playing Reese was dating Stormy Daniels and apparently uh, couldn't do any cream pie scenes, but didn't know that before he signed the contract to take this role. <gasps> uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. So, wait, so he wasn't allowed to do cream pies because he was... Dating Stormy Daniels. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, people have terms with their relationships and that's, you know, sure. that's fine. Okay. I get that. That's, I've never heard of that one, but that's fine. But that made for such a funny scene. But don't do a porn where the plot hinges on impregnating a woman to save the future. <laughs> it is the linchpin of the story. But I love that she screamed, that's not how you make a baby. You were supposed to make me a queen. <laughs> <laughs> And then she scoops it into her vagina, disgustingly. Oh, my God. But, like, how – you know what? People are allowed to have their rules in their relationship. When it comes to porn, the lines get interesting and weird, and you got to draw them where where you draw them. And how was that not – the fact that it resulted in that amazing scene. Oh. That was pretty great. And I'm always a fan of when they stay in character in some part of the sex scene. That's fun. It's like as though, I mean, they didn't see this coming and they they were there and suddenly that just happened. She's like, but I have to be queen of the, she just, oh, she owned that. And I'm like, this was relief from all this shit that we just had to watch. And he, in post-orgasm crack voice says, was it good for you? (laughs) (gasps) <gasps> I did not catch that, but that's fucking hilarious. But to be fair, they looked like they were having a good time. Oh so if there God. were redeeming oh. qualities to this film, it was not because of Axel Braun. I hate to say it. I mean, look, oh, he's man. made a lot of movies. He's very prolific and he's yeah. very relevant. But this one is, all I get from it is pure contempt for the audience. <laughs> he just hates us. And he wants to, he's like, watch this fucking piece of shit. Hey, we called a guy Terminator and we called someone Sarah Connor and we said, yippee Kaye, motherfuckers, be happy and eat the shit. Which is from a different movie, by the way. I was so confused. I didn't associate this with Terminator, but I haven't seen Terminator. Yeah, uh, same decade. Just have him blurt it out. Uh, it's, see, this is why we love Wood Rocket. They don't do this bullshit. They seized on the viral thing. Their strength is like they know what people are going to go like, hey, that's funny when they just see it as a headline or a trailer or whatever. And that's really what I guess that's what the parody stuff should be, right? Yeah, like parody stuff should speak to the fans of the thing. Like, you should be able to watch it and not watch the porn and love what they did. So this entire thing wraps up with the Terminator finding Reese and Sarah because Sarah decided to post on Facebook where they were going to hide out. (laughs) Which is, okay, this is kind of a, I took note of that too. This is funny because in porn, when you're trying to find out where somebody is, like if a girl's late for set or if they Facebook. have some excuse or something like back when Twitter was was new, people wouldn't be like very careful about what they posted on Twitter. <laughs> so you would look at somebody's Twitter to see if they were lying. 
<laughs> or like to find out where they were. Now you have like Facebook, Insta, Snapchat, Twitter, everywhere. <laughs> like that was definitely a porn thing. That's funny. So uh, the Terminator finds them. Reese tells her to run. Uh, she gets stuck randomly and can't uh, move. So much like in the original film. So he throws an explosive. He dies, but she's not mourning his death. Uh, she was just really excited to, that she was able to find the car keys. And then... <laughs> Also kind of funny. It's like, hey, thanks for making me queen. Bye. We see the Terminator, then his entire exoskeleton. And this is where I'll give props to them. Because that was, I want to say, decent uh, CGI, I think. Oh, that's... You, oh, you thought it was decent. They CGI'd better than a 13-year-old could. <laughs> I've seen so much worse in porn. I, it, it could have been worse, but I feel like it was like a, like a template that comes with like the shareware version of the yeah. program that you get. <laughs> I think given a weekend, I could do that, and that's not good. Well, what I did like, though, is the touch that they had at the end where we see the exoskeleton. So Sarah Connor presses a button, they crush the Terminator, and at the very end, you assume he's dead, but in the original, you see his red eye glowing. In the porn, you see the metallic penis become erect and start glowing. Which was really, yeah, that was the cherry on top of this movie. That made up for a lot, actually. It did. I feel like they could have like done something with it, like, you know... Make the penis glow earlier. Have that be the dick that's going to, you know, impregnate all the Sarah. Con- so many things they could have done. Well, it wasn't established, but that's the beauty of doing a parody porn. There's so many things that are in the zeitgeist that we already know about that you don't have to explain. And we know that, like, the Terminator's glowing eye is is a thing, you know? True. Well, what I hate is, I mean, generally in a porn parody, you're supposed to have some of the classic lines. We never heard, I'll be buck. Nothing, right? Yeah. Not even... Give me a close. So many things that we just, that were missing for classic lines. So many, like. There are so many catchphrases in that movie and they use none of them. I just realized that. Zero of them. None of them. Hasta la vista, baby. Like. Get out. All the stuff that was just like synonymous with the fifth grade for me. Gone. Yeah. Like, no, I'm coming on your back. Nothing. Holy shit. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean. That's why I made the big bucks. Oh my God. I, I have to say, though, I mean, comparing sorry, comparing this to the Avengers, I'm still going to place that lower uh, for personal reasons than wow. the Terminator. Personal uh, reasons. It was so lazy. They raped the Avengers corpse. OK, I'm just saying oh, because of your like, personal connection to the source material. No, <laughs> this one actually kind of followed the plot of Terminator. The Avengers was like, hey, Let's just kind of put some Avengers together and pretend there's a movie. Like, there's no plot. How far along were they in the releases of the MCU when this particular movie came out? Like, how much did they have to draw from at that point? There was at least one Avengers out, maybe two. Okay. But they also had enough of the individual movies that they knew what the characters were like. And they didn't, like, there was nothing that they drew on from the characters that was really good. That's what makes these good is when you have like enough 
that feels like the characters. Like that's, you know, that's why we like the ones with Evan Stone and Tommy Pistol. Like they, you know, they feel like these are a labor of love for the fans. And you see they actually do the homework. They do the research to become the characters. When we watched the Pee Wee Herman's Big Triple X Adventure. Shit. I mean, so I, Is that oh one my good? God. Maybe I'll watch that. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Watch it. Watch it. Rent it tonight. I throw it on at parties. That's not even a joke. Well, I mean, Tommy Pistol could have been, he could have been like a great actor in his own right, just in mainstream movies. He really could have. He yeah. is a great actor. He just gets to do what he wants. He does, but I think he could have been like really in the big leagues. He could have been like in movies. I think that's a problem when it comes to porn where people don't take you seriously if you try crossing yeah. over from porn into the mainstream. And that's something I, I hope that in my lifetime I get to see more people crossing that line and eliminating that stigma because people like Evan Stone and Tommy, they need to be in other productions. They're so good. You know what'll happen is that Tommy is eventually going to get a Netflix show because Netflix will give anybody a three season deal. I mean, yeah, you're probably right. But it would have to be some kind of porn related something or other. When I left the business and moved to New York, first I was like, I'm not fucking ashamed of it. I'll put this stuff on my resume. I don't care. And so I was like going for just like regular film production jobs, stuff like that. And when people found out that I worked in porn, I never got called back. And wow, I only started getting jobs when I started lying. I just lied. I just made up a fake resume. Jesus. Yeah. And that's not okay because you do the work, you put in the effort. It should be treated like any other job. And yet there's a stigma around this entire industry we consume. And that's not okay. No. It's super not okay. And it's an industry that we all consume and we don't like to admit it. Yeah, no, they jerk off with us to their, with their right hand and they deny us with their left. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. And here's something that happens a lot on social media. I've mentioned it before on the podcast. Whenever, because I have it in my Twitter bio that, you know, co-host this podcast, whenever, you know, I... I take a jab at generally a Republican politician about something, they'll like retweet it and be like, and you host a podcast about porn, who are you? And I'm like, oh, are you saying you've never watched porn, Senator? Yeah, even the most tangential relationship to porn is like, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get yeah. it. Still now. Something like 90% of people admit to watching it and 10% lie. What's really also unfortunate is that Yvette and I, people will want to talk to us because we're porn adjacent. And yet we'll say, actually, you should talk to X, Y, and Z porn star. But they'll want to talk to us because we're safe, because we've never done porn. And, mm, yep. you know, there's plenty of moments where I'm like, guys, I'm not the expert. There's someone I can absolutely recommend who has more experience, who has more credentials, who can give you a more in-depth interview. Yeah, But they've done porn, they've done sex work, they've done whatever, and yet they won't give them the time of day, but they'll give us a time of day. And I, I'm hoping That's that, you know, if you're wrong. a listener of this podcast, that, you know, you can at least, you know, work towards normalizing porn and work towards normalizing sex work. Because, again, I mean, we all know at this point Ted Cruz's personal porn preferences. It's a meme at this point. <sighs> <laughs> no, it is so okay. fucking important. We cannot reiterate enough how important it is for sex work to be destigmatized and decriminalized and made safer and just better. One out of every 20 people nowadays is involved in sex work. And that's a lot of people. And by sex work, I, I'm in that umbrella, including camming, by the way. Yeah. I have friends who are lawyers who have done cam work. 
I think people associate cam work with trashiness, with not be like, this is something that people do on the side when they're not able to make ends meet. It's nowhere near as uncommon as people think. One day it'll be like driving an Uber. Pretty much it is at this point. Um, <laughs> well, you're right. I feel like it makes more money. I don't know. Does it? How much How much do you make camming? You know, it depends on who you are and how much you cam, I, I would guess. I know people who make six figures doing it. I know people who just supplement their income by, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month. So I think this is a good place to wrap up the episode. So, Dan, uh, do you have any projects you want to promote or any other place where our guests can find you? Well, I still occasionally write movies. I just wrote one called Insomniac for Burning Angel. I think it's out already. I wrote it a couple months ago. I think it already exists as a movie that you can watch. And another one that's coming out that... I don't know what the title is going to be, but the working title that I sent it to Joanna with is Undead Witch Sluts from Hell. So those are coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so my what I do now is um, I own a restaurant. I started cooking a few years ago, like cooking professionally a few years ago. Nice. Like started doing a series of pop-ups and um, it's kind of blossomed into a thing now that's a full-time restaurant, and we're uh, very close to opening our new expanded flagship restaurant. It's called Bushwitch Sandwich Lab. You also might see us at Skinny on the Lower East Side. Uh, we're going to be doing pop-ups throughout August and September. So Nice. Well, I'll definitely, in the show notes, link to your restaurant so our listeners can all, not only watch the porn you write, but eat the food you make. Thank you. Yeah, at Dan O'Reilly on Instagram, at Bushwitch Sandwich Lab, and that's about it. And we have some patrons to thank for this episode, as per usual. Our patrons, by the way, help support the editing, the hosting, uh, making this thing actually run. Uh, so this week, we want to thank Brian Gowdy, 404, Alex M., Craig Elliott, Elisa, Scott Fendley, Brentel, Steve Bradley, Joshua Rice, Kyle Washington, Michael Gatt, and many, many more. And if you want to become a Patreon and get extra content and interact with us, wow. Yeah, no, I'm never going to do that again. Um, go to patreon.com. Wow. See, you that, nailed it. You nailed it's, it. It's, it's all the, it's, I've been working on my German lately and you have to get the arse from the Guttural. back of the throat. I can't been, do that either. I, <clears throat> I'm enjoying. Oh, no. <sighs> I'm the weirdo who thinks <clears throat> German is beautiful. What's wrong with me? Uh, I, I just sound like I'm uh, I'm like uh, trying to deep throat a ghost cock. Okay, this isn't working. It's working for me. How does one deep... Tune in to next week when we discuss how to deep throat a ghost cock. Or talk to us about it on patreon.com slash two girls, one mic. Uh, but you can find us individually at uh, Rational Blonde on Twitter. And Yvette, where can our listeners find you? At the Cybabe on Instagram and Twitter and at facebook.com slash Cybabe where I am sciency and, of course, snarky. And and please give us a review on iTunes and or wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And please tell all your friends because we need our numbers to grow and to keep staying on those charts. Yeah, donate, guys. I'm going to guilt you into donating right now or like we're listening to a uh, pledge drive because it's really <laughs> important to support the arts that you consume. Yeah, tell all your friends who watch porn. So tell all your friends. So important. Tell your friends to come listen to us. We're we're a good time. We have a lot of very fun guests coming up. Uh, some well-known comics are being lined up. So please come uh, support us on, on Patreon. Tell more people to listen to us and come give us some reviews. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.